1: Here we are. Welcome back to another episode of The Flowline. Matt, it's a beautiful day here in Houston, Texas. And if I'm not mistaken, today's opening day. Is
0: is that right? It is the home opener for the Astros. It is a long time coming. I think they're the last team to have a home opener. Okay. But yeah, it's finally happening.
1: I'm surprised you're not wearing your outfit and your Astros suit. How come? Is, Is there a reason behind you not supporting the Astros today? Although you are wearing an Astros shirt.
0: I'm wearing an Astro shirt. However, the main reason is that we are moving into our new lab, which requires a lot of lifting and sweating and not really <laughs>
1: suit material. Ah, uh, I get it. I get it. So the question is, are you going to the
0: game? Unfortunately, I can't go, but... Well, shucks. I wish I could be, I have big plans for later in the week, but opening day, it's one of those, if you don't get a jump on tickets, they get really expensive and it's like the day after opening day is easier to get, but Uh, long story.
1: It'll be fun regardless. I mean, the only thing is I've heard that they're on a little bit of a, I think
0: they're only averaging like two runs a game. Is that true? I mean, so they've like been pretty horrible on a couple of these outings and Mm. I don't know, like they're what five and four. It's not like, it's like the beginning of every season people are like oh my gosh the team is horrible and it's like actually they're not that bad. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, let's just we uh, have 150 brakes. more games to play so chill out. Yeah, uh, yes. There's
1: a long season ahead of us and I know you amongst many other AES folks are quite excited. But either way it's yeah, baseball season's in full swing now. Everyone's out there enjoying it and let's go Astros. Aside from Astros Matt, let's today talk about the Daily Mud Report. It's a term we've used in, for years and years and years. And I think it's important to note that there's a lot of good information on the Daily Mud Report, some of which kind of gets breezed over. But at the end of the day, every piece of information that's on there is important, whether to use as you're reading them day to day or information that you can refer back to if you're reviewing wells or reviewing areas. And so, you know, I think it'd be good to kind of break it down the different sections and, you know, the purpose and really why it matters and why we add things to the mud report that we do. What do you think?
0: Yeah, well, I think this episode, I was thinking we could really focus on, you know, the remarks and recommendations where you actually have like the free text Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's a long story. Like, I don't know, everybody, if you've been in the field, you always get corrected about the comments you put. If you're in the office, you're correcting somebody about the comments that they put whether it's what's going on on the rig or your treatment schedule, or you know, even the awkward part where how do you make clear that this wasn't my decision, but I'm doing what I'm told. So just you know that whole free text and how it relates to everything I thought was you know one of the big areas we could run through on just the Daily Mud Report in general, because it relates to everything else, like you said. It does. And you know what? I'm glad you kind of narrowed it down and to just focus on that part, because I think every part
1: probably deserves its own episode. But you know, the thing is, especially as a mud engineer, when we're out there, we're given a little bit of criteria. It's like, it can be as generic as, okay, mud engineers put as much detail as possible. And then it could just be, you know, and depending on you know what you're doing, some people often will put one sentence, some will write a novel and mm-hmm. there's really no, there's a standard, but there's no real clearly defined standard. And so, yeah, I think just having a conversation around it and maybe perhaps some of the things that from your perspective, what you find important and sometimes you know things from some, the account management perspective. And then of course the customer, it varies. But again, I think that's a great topic of conversation. So Matt, you alluded to it a little bit, but could you describe a little bit in more detail? What exactly is the remarks and recommendations and rig activity section of the MUD report?
0: Well, so I mean, there's two boxes and once again, you've already mentioned how subjective this is, but going back to just you know trying to be more specific, but like You put all your mud properties in, right? Like that's one part of the the daily mud report. There's some hydraulics information. Of course, there's costs. There's all these other things you look around at and how they relate. But there's only one place where you get to explain what those numbers are telling you or what you're doing about those numbers. And basically the idea is that these are the areas where you can say, you know, hey, the reason we spent all this money is you might've already got the mud back into shape, but you could have spent a bunch of money on product. And there's nowhere to explain that other than in these sections. And so, you know, one is supposed to basically explain what's going on with respect to the drilling operation. One is supposed to be kind of your remarks or comments on what you did to treat, but they're sort of interrelated. And, you know, I guess one way I try and emphasize to my engineers is this is your chance to explain what's going on because a bunch of people you don't know get emailed this report And they're going to draw their own conclusions unless you offer up a clear enough explanation. Yeah, no, that's a great point.
1: And I think it's, you know, for me reading it a lot of times, it's telling the story of the well from a drilling fluid standpoint. And that's really what it is. And so, but again, I think it really matters. And I think a lot of folks just, you know, unless they're told, they just kind of put in, you know, or their thought may be just, well, we're, you know, activity, well, we're drilling. What else do you need to know? But there's so much more reason to put more
0: detail. Why is that? Part of it is this is technically a record, right? It's, you know, we decided to do this, or this is a recommended treatment. And, you know, sometimes, look, we've been in tough spots before where we've had customers say, hey, we're going to do this. And we'd say, look, we really don't recommend it, but obviously you're the customer. You ultimately make the decision and we're going to help you make it work. But people have short memories. And so sometimes we have to say, look, this was a directive from the well site superintendent, or, you know, here's our recommendation, but here's what we're going to do. Those are awkward things to put, but you can actually keep a record of how those decisions were made here, along with just your basic treatment. So this becomes a bigger deal than, yeah, I get it. You're adding five sacks of lime an hour. But maybe there's more to it, or maybe something more that you would do differently next time. And so even looking back, you'd say, Well, we could save some money if we did this a little differently. So that's why it matters, is it gives you the logic behind everything else that was done, whether you got those numbers you wanted or not, and why you spent the money that you spent, you know? Yes. No, that's a great point. And so I think it's important to note too that
1: you know, especially, and again, every drilling fluids company has a different report with regards to where they position things, perhaps different boxes, some combine things, some don't. But with ours, we have a remarks and recommendations section sort of independent from a rig activity. So Matt, let's go ahead and kind of describe what one would expect or what we could see Noted in the remarks and recommendations section of the Mud Report?
0: So, I think a couple of things. I always tried to make sure that, you know, I had what I call meaningful comments about, you know, the specific treatments that were being made. So, it might be as simple as, you know, adding five sacks of lime to maintain pH of 10, right? Now, there's a reason for that product being used and what I was trying to do with it. You know, I think the concentrations can help, mix rates, even but some of that level of detail. And then I would say for, you know, any product that you use that day, you should probably mention why it was used short of the most obvious types of maintenance. Like you said, you don't want to flood the thing, but if you think about the expense of the day, if it's high, what were your big expenses? What did you do? So I think first it's just product added, but then there are going to be other things with volume accounting where you might talk about fluid transfers, inventory adjustments, that kind of thing, cost relationships. You know, Sometimes you're reconciling some invoices and so you'll have a big day, but it was really spread out over a few days. That's just sort of how it landed. And I always like to put in you know, kind of a current way forward sort of thing where the very last couple of sentences would discuss, you know, I'm going to continue with this treatment regime or you know, we're waiting to receive some more material and then we'll address some of these things. And I mean, other things to think about, even just recommend doing X or we'll discuss doing X for future treatment. But my whole thing is, I think we have a ton of pressure to always show up with a mud report that looks perfect, matches spec. I think, yes, you want to keep your mud in shape, right? Like that's the goal. But I think there's another part to say, look, if something's out of specification, report it and explain how you're going to get it back into shape or why it's not in shape, or mm. both for that matter. You know what I mean? Right. No, that's a good point. And that section too,
1: again, like you often see a lot of sort of varying notes. But ultimately, you know, I believe as a company, we've done a fantastic job of making sure that that section is exactly what you're describing. And for a long time, it was kind of sort of at the discretion of what the account manager wanted to see, what the customer would see. But it's important to note, you know what you're adding and why you're adding it. Because you can often too, if you do it correctly, then a lot of times you can answer questions that would have been asked. And so instead of getting bombarded with emails from the account manager or from the customer at six in the morning, if you have the right information on there that answers the questions that they would ask on a daily basis, then you can avoid a lot of the confusion or questioning as to why you did something. So again, it's pretty straightforward, but you can again, justify a lot of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then too, it makes you look like you're very proactive too, which as mud engineers, we have to be. I mean, we're always thinking not only from, there's a lot of reactionary actions that we do with regards to, oh, the mud, you know, mud check looks like this. Oh, I better do this. But if you know you're coming up against certain operations, then you can say, you know, pre-treating for this, for upcoming drill out, expect to increase additions of X, Y, Z due to whatever and so then it can you know makes it look like wow you're really on top of your to your game knowing that you're going to be possibly pre-treating or doing whatever so again it allows you to really sort of like give you know provide a vote of confidence to whoever's reading the report. wow this mud is dialed in instead of just being very basic with it so again there's things beyond of just why you're mixing it or what you're mixing but it can also show hey you know the level of competency at with this mud engineer is extremely high. And look at this report. So again, just wanted to throw that in there.
0: That's a great one.
1: Sure. Yeah. 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 And again, I think our mud engineers do a phenomenal job of doing that. Especially, you know, reading reports down the line, you know, Chris Campbell and Scott Goodblanket and Ken Arp, the engineering managers who are super dialed into the level of detail that you know they demand and we demand is from our mud engineers, continuously gets better. And it's just so cool to see that. Rig activity, Matt, how would you differentiate the two? Because sometimes I think people get confused, but there's quite a, I mean, quite a big difference between rig activity and then remarks and recommendations.
0: Yeah, well, I think the, probably the biggest confusion here is we do want to know what's going on with drilling, right? You know, drill ahead to X number of feet, that kind of thing. But you, what you don't want to do is just repeat everything that's on the daily drilling report. Keep in mind that most people reading this are also getting the daily drilling report and they have some idea what's going on. And so I recommend mentioning rig activity and then mentioning anything fluids related associated with that. So, for example, if you're pumping sweeps or slugs, if you're tripping, being very specific about how your product utilization and your treatment and even your fluids, your volume management relates to what's going on on the rig. And so, you know, I like your example of being proactive, but it could be, you know, transferring fluid from pit X to pit Y in anticipation of cement job or you know, things like that, where you didn't spend any money on product necessarily, you're sort of handling your business as it relates to the ongoing drilling activity. Right. I mean, again, it's, and two, I think it's important. A lot
1: of times it's easy just to get caught up in the drilling rig activity. And while yes, it's important, but you know, also to fluid transfers, like that's a rig activity, just because you're drilling ahead, doesn't mean that you're not doing a lot of work on the back end, which is to do with rig activity. So, you know, I think too, whether you're hauling in fluid, you know, let's just say you're getting ready for a displacement, like while the rigs, let's say drilling ahead or getting ready to run casing, you can still mention volumes and doing, you know, preparing for, you know, a displacement or whether you're hauling a bunch of stuff off or yeah, you know, preparing for, you know, upcoming loss returns. So you're, about to start mixing LCMs and LCM pill or whatever the case may be. But there's a lot of activity that happens just beyond what's happening at the bit.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I think it's helpful to show, you know, once again, that level of proactivity, how everything is kind of intertwined. And, you know, it goes back to prioritizing, right? You might summarize that you've been drilling all day, but there's also, if you're limited on text, there's a lot of things that we don't need to talk about. And then there may be other things with respect to, you know, agitator one is broken or, you know, just other things that might be affecting fluid treatment.
1: Yes, that's a really good point. And another thing to note, and one of my account managers was really sort of keen on with regards to rig activity was mentioning what the cuttings looked like as you were drilling ahead. And so Mm -hmm. while I'd say, Oh, drilling from 2000 to 6,000 feet, everything looks good. Well, it's always nice to say, Oh, you know, the volume and then perhaps the shape and size and maybe doing like one sentence description of what the shakers look like, what the cuttings look like coming over. It may not matter at the time because everyone's kind of clued into that already, but perhaps you can draw some conclusions and trends over time in a certain area. If you know, wow, yeah, I've read three or four mud reports from this area. And it seems like from this depth to this depth, cuttings seem to start getting wonky and or whether it's a hole cleaning thing. You could mention, you know, cuttings seem to have gotten more blocky and now they're very granular or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I always made a point of trying to describe what was coming over the shakers relative to ROP. And again, it just, by going out, making that check, you know, volume, size of cuttings, consistency of cuttings. It also then puts confidence in the reader saying, oh, the mud engineer's out there watching the shakers. Oh, they replaced three screens. These things really matter. Absolutely. So again, it's the little things and the little detail without, and again, I find there's an art to it. It's like, how much detail do you put without writing a novel? Because I've seen two on motorboards where it's a cell that you add a bunch of text. Well, if you add more text or words than the cell accepts, you'll see it. But then when you go to PDF it, it chops some stuff off. So again, there's an art to how much you can put and how you type it. But again, most account managers have a really good, you know, either an example that that customer likes to see or whatever the case may be. But Matt, you know, what other things that can we sort of take away or offer to the audience? Just some good information with regards to these two sections of a mud report.
0: I think one thing is real basic, but run spell check. So if your mud reporting software doesn't have spell check, paste what you wrote down in Word and check it. Uh, Yeah. It gets frustrating. I mean, for me personally, like just kind of unprofessional when there's these really bad misspellings and I know nobody's perfect, but it's a really easy thing you can do to make sure that you've at least, you know, done that. I think, you know, back to your point, as far as comments go, reread everything and make sure you're not creating a panic. The problem (laughs) is that like you might go look at mud properties, but it's quick to jump to comments and just, Hey, what's going on. And it may be in the morning early that someone's reading these reports. It's probably on their phone, you know, It's generally not, you know, reread it and make sure, could somebody read this incorrectly? And could I cause worry that doesn't need to be there? And then, you know, one of the other things is a lot of stuff makes sense while you're drilling the well that six months or a year from now won't. And so one of the challenges needs to be, especially, you know, we've talked about KPIs and sometimes you go six months without doing a KPI and then you got to go back to this problem well and you can't make sense of exactly what happened cuz nobody remembers and these comments can be extremely helpful and so being sure to include context that doesn't just matter for the well today but could be useful for the well you know well into the future i think that matters so that's another thing to keep in mind just in the big picture yeah no and
1: i think you made a good point too and while some people say oh it's just you know why does it matter but Grammar and spelling and punctuation, it's important because it's, and again, no knock. I mean, not everyone is an English major, right? And I wasn't, I mean, you know, most people like get into general influence engineering don't pride themselves on being, you know, a novel writer, but I think it's important. And because of technology, we have access to what we call Microsoft Word. And if you put your, you know, if I would always write my rig activity, and then just copy and paste it in just like a new Word doc and then just really quickly go over it. And Microsoft Word offers grammar suggestions and obviously spell check. And so it, it takes an extra 15 seconds. But if you can get in the habit of doing it, you just avoid silly mistakes. And, you know, some people, they may not care, but someone who's reading that, they may say, oh, well, you know, this is sloppy writing and poor grammar. And kind of goes back to the, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So kind of, you know, take pride in your writing and what you put on the report, because it's a reflection of you in the field. And ultimately it's a reflection on the company. And, you know, we want people that, you know, and I say we want people, but it's important to present yourself, whether it's through your mud check or through your writing and do the best you can at the end of the day, just don't take shortcuts. And now, grant, if you've been up for 48 hours, you're losing returns. I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of punctuation error. I've been there. I've done it. But again, Use technology for you know for what it's worth. And again, Microsoft Word, spell check, grammar check is it can go a long ways.
0: No need for all caps, (laughs) no need for exclamation points. (laughs) And I think the other thing is when there's a problem and you're the account manager and you get called into the office, this is sort of a trigger for a customer. Is they're like you're in front of them reading these mud reports and the comments with these grammar mistakes and misspellings and everything. And I think it's sort of It's sort of, they're like, you know, what else are they not paying attention to?
1: Yeah. And so that's why,
0: you know, our mud engineers know we'll hound you on this stuff. And there's a reason for it is, you know, yeah, it's, it's professional, but it also sort of creates this impression that you're not paying attention to the rest of your work. Sure.
1: Yeah. And to some, it may sound, why would they take it that far? But that's the reality. And again, it's, you know, just taking pride in your work and doing the best you can. Matt, that's about it. I don't think there's too much else to elaborate on there. You know, I think it'd be important to kind of break the mud report down even further in some follow-up episodes. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of where this is headed. I think we'll have a lot of content to come with that. Hopefully different folks will find it useful. But it seems like the comment section is such a touchy subject <laughs> that it was a worthwhile discussion on just maybe some suggestions. And of course, we have people who will say, no, you need to do it totally different than that way. There's more than one right way to do it. But there are a lot of things that I think are universally true as far as what you need to capture and how important it is. That's exactly right. And Matt, you know,
1: I'm actually curious. We've had a bunch of episodes talking about the why Matt hates stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Is there any section of the MUD report that, you know, we can create an episode of why Matt hates XYZ on the MUD report? I mean, there's got to be something. Oh, yeah. I mean, just one? (laughs) Perfect. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but let's talk about that because I think it'd be great to have an episode about why this doesn't matter and why Matt hates this on a mud report. So stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned. Yeah, because Matt's still coming in full force. With that said, everyone, we appreciate the support. Please check us out on LinkedIn. Follow AES Drilling Fluids. Our marketing team does a phenomenal job of creating content, creating awareness, and just you know, using it as a megaphone to talk about our people, our business, our technology, and just, you know, the phenomenal things that we're doing to help the industry. Alongside Matt and myself, add us to LinkedIn. If you have any questions or comments, or there's a topic you'd like us to further discuss, please let us know. And with that said, everyone, go Astros. Take care for now.
0: Go Astros. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flow Line. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.